10 seconds to go. 24-23 Saints. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Three receivers right, feel and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh my God, 30, no, 10, touchdown! Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle! Stephon Diggs and the Minnesota Vikings have walked up on the New Orleans Saints. It's a 61-yard Minneapolis miracle. I can't believe what I just saw, Paul. What an unbelievable play. Fans at U.S. Bank Stadium are embracing each other. They're trying to climb into the box box to hug us all. Nobody can find Stephon Diggs. He ran into the tunnel. Unbelievable, Paul. Steph- Are you kidding me? They run the deep ball route. Stephon Diggs goes up, and Marcus Williams, the rookie, tries to jump over the back of him to break up the throw. The ball is caught, and Diggs is able to take it into the end zone. Look at the Vikings so coaches. This is just right an absolute yes! mistake. Yes! yes! Are you kidding me? Look at these Vikings coaches. Yes! Let's oh. go to Philadelphia. Paul, when it's your year, it's your year. That's all I got to say. Let's Stephon go to Diggs, Philadelphia. what an unbelievable play. It's going to be 48 and Grizzly, and we're bringing a purple rain. Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! January 16th, 2018. Rone Sports Podcast back here. Frank Arone, your host as always. And uh, as you heard in the intro there, you have Paul Allen of uh, K-Fan. Uh, that was the the Vikings end game call there, and what was just an unbelievably crazy game, as I'm sure anybody who's listening to this uh, probably knows by now, and is probably watching live. Um, yeah, so the divisional round is concluded, and uh, now we're heading on to the championship round here. So it's, it's a fun time of year, especially uh, when your team advances in miraculous fashion uh, via that. So anyway, I was watching it with uh, Rob and some other people. Uh, down in Minneapolis, but now he's back uh, back in Vegas, so let's head out there and check in with him. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad, like you said. Pretty sweet uh, Minneapolis miracle. Boy, it's just uh, still got the chills there. Every time I hear that, it's just pretty crazy uh, how great that was. Yeah, it was, I mean, beyond obviously how, how cool the, the game was itself. I mean, what a, what a great call by PA just on the spot there. I'm, I'm sure he had some of that kind of you know, swimming around in his head a little bit and just trying to figure out what to pull out. But in a, in a moment like that where you know, a lot of people were pretty speechless, it's uh, you definitely got to give him credit there for coming up with, you know, the couple uh, different things he did there. And, and I don't know, I was listening to that. I know you probably heard the New Orleans call too. They played on a couple different shows and 
obviously you're going to yeah. be a little bit more solemn, uh, obviously because they lost, but uh, there's just, it was basically like robotic. Like it was like, you know, a baseball game from 1940 that it was just an innocent bystander describing what was going on. And so I, I definitely prefer a little emotion out of my announcers, you know, good or bad personally. Yeah. That was just uh boy, that game just absolutely phenomenal. Obviously it uh, finished out how we preferred it to, but uh, just the whole game and especially that, Second half and specifically that fourth quarter is just one of the greatest endings almost ever uh, in NFL history for sure. Anything I've seen, I know that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, let's uh, you know, other than that game, let's start off the pod like we usually do with a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. So I know neither of us got uh, heavily involved uh, monetarily last weekend, uh, you know, to a ridiculous amount, but. Uh, we both got our picks of the week home, which was nice. I know you had uh, Philly plus three there in the first Saturday game, and that was kind of a little bit of back and forth. Actually, there, I had, but... on the, had the money line, but yeah, still got to win. Oh, you, oh you did, you, you, your pick of the week was the money line? Oh, sorry, you said pick of the week? Oh, that's how we're doing yeah. it. Oh, yeah. No, okay. Yeah. No, I just said your, your pick of the week got there, and um, <clears throat> there was one of those things where it was pretty much the right side the whole way when you're getting the field goal. Uh, they held off at stand late there uh, against Matt Ryan and Sarkeesian and, and the Falcons to, to get the win outright. And uh, and then my pick of the week was on the over in the Jags. Just Pittsburgh snuck by. Game. Yeah, over 40 and a half, and both teams covered it individually. And it was over at halftime, so that uh, was a nice, easy one there. And uh, so that was a, it was a good week from the pick of the week. And then you had also had a play on uh, the Philly money line. Yeah, my bad. I thought you said uh, just release play. I know you talked about the pick of the week. But, yeah, I had a... Released a play there late on uh, Philadelphia on the money line. I got it at plus 125, which is about adjusted. It's about plus 3, minus 118, minus 120, I think, somewhere in there. So I didn't really see a whole lot of threes available, but 125 was definitely widely available. So that's what I went with. But me, myself, I had a lot of three in my pocket and a little bit of money line as well. So it would have been, uh, I was waiting for sure. For sure thought it was going to come down to that last possession there. It just had the absolute makings of a perfect situation where they go down score you know make it 16 to 15 and go for two or i mean sorry make it 16 to 15 17 to 15 then go for two sorry what was the score yeah 16 to 15 and go for two to make it basically to win by uh you know win by three just to because they would have gone for two just to make sure if they would have had extra time or whatever for philadelphia so i mean just uh, everything in there just seemed like for sure that they were going to get in there score win by three and then not only would I have lost my money line bet and the pick of the or, uh, my release play, and then also do uh, push on my plus three. So I'm glad that didn't happen, obviously. But I think uh, I think I did the right side, but was a little fortunate there at the end. So I'll definitely get it uh, whenever I can take it. Yeah, luckily you were betting against Sarkeesian, rolling Matty Matty Ice out to the right there with only two routes and <laughs> cutting down half the field, just kind of putting themselves in a corner. Uh, so that's yeah some of those play calls are mobile quarterback yeah those, some of those play calls and everything i just pretty astounding i'm sitting there watching just how yeah not i wasn't very worried necessarily like just every time the ball was snapped after a few seconds i was you kind of expected just to be a quick throw and they'll be like oh okay this is this is it and i'm just gonna hope they don't make the two-point conversion but yeah every time they just really weren't even close for all the the play calls there and then the within the 10 yard line there even even Tomlin with the Steelers. I mean, I think he's a pretty good coach, and I've I've kind of been in his corner for a while ever since he was the defensive coordinator for the Vikes. What ten years ago now? 
uh, but it's still, it's just like, I mean, come on, man. I, you know, come it on, just seems man. like they, they have so much talent and, you know, maybe the, the talent's a little bit over, overstated on their defense, but I remember he had some sick defenses in Minnesota and when he took over the Steelers, they had a real, real solid defense and, and I don't know if Shazier got hurt and, you know, they've had a little bit of injury misfortune, but it's not like they're ravaged like some teams were. And, um, you know, the Bortles was dicing them up in the playoffs when you're a, over a touchdown favorite. It's just like, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it just seems like he had that one Super Bowl. I don't even know what year that was, but that had to have been seven, eight years ago. Um, and then and then they lost to the Packers again a couple of years later. But um, it just seems like he's kind of been underachieving for, you know, obviously it's not fair to compare him to Belichick and Brady and have that kind of success. But in the AFC, there really just hasn't been that many great teams over the last five, six years. And they're just a team that year after year gets picked, pegged pretty high in the preseason projections. And they've had some solid regular seasons, but it just seems like they just can't really get it going. And I think it definitely falls on Tomlin's shoulders, at least somewhat. Just uh, doesn't really seem like he pays attention to details uh, that much. And um, just kind of, Throw, kind of wants to throw his talent out there and just hope they can out-talent everybody, which obviously you can work when you're playing Cleveland, but when you're playing teams that are a little bit closer talent-wise in the playoffs, it just seems like it hasn't really been able to get it done. But anyway, um, so yeah, there's a couple crazy games there on Sunday and, and a profitable game to start the day off on Saturday and then kind of that blowout with the Patriots against the Titans that everyone kind of expected too. So I'd say too is kind of super ridiculous though uh i was gonna get that i don't know if it's a press not a press conference just the interview with that guy just uh, when he's sitting in the bench there for for jacksonville talking about the score there how could he be two to nothing or it could be 45 to 42 i was gonna get that soundbite for the pod here but didn't have time but how crazy that is he just calls that score such a and i think it's happened two other times it's landed on that score in the history of the nfl i think the stat was uh how remarkable of a call that was just you know randomly saying that i'm sure you heard that as well yeah calais campbell and his interview before the game during the week and we talked about how it was going to be a defensive battle and whatnot and, you know some of us knew it wasn't going to be with betting the over but he was saying it doesn't matter how we win the game we win the game two nothing or we win the game 45 42 it doesn't matter to me and uh, yeah it falls 45 42 which it almost didn't the jack or uh, pittsburgh when they scored that meaningless touchdown they banked in that extra point or else it would have how you know, how ridiculous would that have been if the prediction went to came true because they missed the extra point to make it 45 41 in the game yeah exactly but anyway yeah it was pretty neat pretty neat little tidbit there so pretty neat yeah uh, but anyway all right well let's uh head on to our next segment getting the best of the number getting the best of the number so there's you know only four games last weekend so there's not really a whole lot of uh, places where this is going to come into play but I know there was one place where it was uh, blurringly obvious it came into play, and uh, what game was that? Yes, yes, yes. I think uh, we all know from the start of the podcast it'd be that uh, Minneapolis miracle. Uh, just uh, like I already said, crazy game, and uh, really good to be on the, the right side of it for once. But just point spread wise, it was crazy. So I mean, that's why I, people are talking about it so much, even just nationally. I mean, obviously the game was big. There's a lot of points scored, you know, the total got over, but I mean, there's just so many different, different things that got affected there in that last few minutes specifically. So obviously the Jags and the Steelers was a crazy game too, but I think just the points, you know, the total is over, like you said, at halftime and there really wasn't 
Jags were pretty much covered the whole time. I mean, the money line obviously isn't involved, but with the Vikings-Saints game, it was just crazy. The, the the swings and the back and forth, not only as a fan, but obviously like from the point spread and the total perspective. So, yeah, um, the only one that came into play was the total. It landed right on five, and that's what it closed at, 29-24 final. And uh, my, my, I myself – Huh? You mean the side, right? Yeah, the only thing that came into play was the, 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 the side, yeah, 29-24. And um, the total didn't come into play, but it very well could have. It, either one of them would have, one of the two would have been in the segment if they went to made that miraculous play at the end. There, the total would have been and came into play. Um, obviously, what is twenty four uh, twenty? What it land on twenty four twenty three? Yeah, it would have been forty seven. Forty seven. Yeah, forty seven and a half. So it started at what, like forty four and a half or forty five or something? Yeah, I got a forty four and a half in my pocket. Uh, I had on the over, so that's what I got early in the week, and then that guy bet. So I was kind of surprised how much it got bet up to. But yeah, like you said, it got bet all the way up to forty seven or even a few forty seven and a half. So I think at kickoff. So, that, but yeah, that didn't actually come into play final score, but uh, clearly that point spread did. I. Open three and a half pretty much across the board. That's where I got it at Vikings minus three and a half. And that got bet all the way up at five at some shops. And even a lot of shops had five and a half. So, and like I said, landed 29 24, landed right on five. So, uh, bet the game either way. So, for me personally, that's how I would, I'd prefer to have every game land like that on total inside. If you are a smart better, you know where the mark, if you judge the marker, I mean, you really have no excuses. If, Okay, if people are going to complain that they didn't get that last extra point there, which, like I said on Twitter, how much money that swung just from that one extra point, they go from either being a push, a loss, to would have gone to a pretty much a win for everybody on the Vikings. So, um, how much? But yeah, you can't. You really can't complain because I mean, if you would have bet it two days earlier, just basically not before, right before kickoff on the day of of the game, you you probably would have been a winner if you bet the Vikings. So. It just, uh, you know, that's absolute perfect example and basically why we do this segment. And even when we have a, only a few games, it's still pretty, uh, you know, prevalent here. Uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, if you if you are complaining because you're unlucky and you laid five and a half with the Vikings, you either need to quit betting or realize that you're just doing it completely recreationally and you shouldn't be risking any money. You're not totally willing to just give up, like it's entertainment, like you're on a movie or something because – it opened three and a half, and there was a little bit of pressure right away, but it still hung at three and a half for a little bit, and then it moved to four fairly quickly. And it was sitting at four for a while, and then but it was still kind of slowly moving upwards, and then it was four and a half for quite a, a couple days, and then yeah, it finally went to five, and then uh, you know Sunday morning it, it went to five and a half at some places, and you could still find some five. So it's like if you if you were laying five and a half with the Vikings and sitting there complaining about how unlucky you got that they didn't get the extra point, then you needed to look in the mirror because that's that's the bigger problem. It's you know it's, it's nothing to do with the NFL fixing anything or or you know the whatever or you just being unlucky. It's like there's there's no way if, if you have any idea what you're doing that you should have lost a bet um, in that game basically either way because then there's no reason to lock in on the Saints early because you, you tell the pressure right away was coming on the Vikes to to move that number up. So for the Saints, all you had to do is just wait until um, either you know it peaked and there started to be some buyback, then you could have taken one of the numbers, or um, you know, wait, but the way it turned out, just wait right till kickoff, and there's plenty of five and a halfs available, and yeah, no matter how you bet it, you should have won there on the side. And uh, yeah, so it's a pretty crazy game, and that's one of those things too where uh, I know like the, the, I think the only people that legitimately could be pretty upset about that result are under betters. I mean, that's just such a gut punch when especially if you waited and got the 47 and a half 
and you're sitting there 17 all at halftime feeling pretty good and then even you're like all right you know there's been a ton of points here in this fourth quarter but i'm still going to sneak out with the half point win at 24 23 even after there's two field goals in the last whatever 90 seconds and then uh and then that that play happens which is like you know a one and i don't even know what one in ten thousand or something um it still could have got the field goal that was a little bit more likely so i mean it wasn't like it was uh, they had to score a touchdown but still it's just super unlikely so I mean, that that had to have been a pretty big uh gut punch there for underbackers and the other people i guess that could have a legitimate gripe are the saints money linebackers uh, I know there was at William Hill. I heard there was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bet on the Saints money line right before the game, and uh, they, they, that person had to feel like right, I'm pretty much dead at halftime, or not not totally dead, but you know what are the chances we come back on this defense down seventeen when they get the ball out of half? You had to feel pretty pretty bad about that. But then after all the things transpired and Breeze comes back and um, you know you're up one, kicking the ball off with twenty five seconds left. You got to feel pretty comfortable with that $150,000 money line bet. But uh, ultimately, that didn't get there either. So I guess, um, you know, it was pretty crazy for underbackers and Saints money line backers. They definitely had a little bit of a gut punch there. Well, it is crazy because normally the book uh, bookies, bookmakers, they would definitely not want the number to land right where the number closed at because that's, like I already said, you can get it early, you win either side, or if you bet it late, whatever. But in this situation, they had saved them a lot because they just had so much. So much money and just an overwhelming amount on the Saints money line for whatever reason, just you know, obviously in the playoffs. And I guess that's a point we'd probably bring up as well. I brought it up last year. I think I was on the Falcons, uh, I think it was in this week coming up, same, uh, the conference or for the other, the conference. Uh, I believe it was, or the, I don't know if it was the week before the conference either way, but I had the, the Falcons on the money line and I said how it was so deflated from what it should be just for the fact that people betting the money line at a plus price for the underdog. And then if they want to lay the points, you know, with the favorite, but not many people are going to lay extra money uh, on the favor there on the money line. So similar in this situation, the Vikings would have been a better price too on the money line than normal, just with the simple fact that so many people are betting on the, the Saints money line. But just in a general case, if it was during the year, they would have uh, probably been a pretty bad result for the, the books landing right on five when they could have, you know, lost either way. So. Yeah, it is interesting. A lot of championship games and higher-profile games, uh, the books do want the underdog to cover but not win because you get all the people that uh, the recreational players are betting it that say, oh, I get a way better return if I just bet them to win the game. Like, oh, I think Drew Brees can win the game. So, you know, I don't need the five and a half. I'll just take two to one of my money or whatever the case may be and uh, lay that. And then you got the Vikings betters that they don't want to lay 200 to win 100 or whatever. So, they say, oh, yeah, well, they'll win by at least five or six or whatever. So I'll just lay with the spread. And uh, so and, and as a result, you get the books that are just sitting there hoping it lands somewhere in between the underdog winning outright and the favorite covering. And and uh, they have they do a lot better than they would in the regular season, that's for sure. So that's something to keep in mind. Like I said, the way you can benefit from that is like you did last year with the Saints, or I mean with the Falcons where – um, sometimes the money line might be a lot cheaper than it should be for the favorite because the books are wanting to offset some of their underdog money line action. So you can get a favorite that may might normally be like minus 180 or minus 190. Um, they might only be like minus 150 or so where you can get a little bit of value betting the favorite on the money line. Or uh, conversely, um, it might be where the underdog the money lines juice down because they're getting so much action they don't want to they can't pay out 
uh, the, the price they should be. So maybe if you're going to bet the underdog, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to put as much on the money line and you're just going to lean more towards taking the points uh, at a normal minus 110. And a lot of times the favorite are going to be bet where the spread's going to be a little bit higher than it should be anyway because the public usually likes to bet favorites. They might be getting a little extra value on the the point spread part too, um, regardless of the money line. So that's just something to keep in mind, uh, some betting tips. And it's not across the board for every playoff game or championship game, but um, it has happened here. We've noticed quite a few uh, quite a bit in the last couple of years or so, so definitely something to pay attention to. But anyway, let's uh, head to the conference round here. Uh, we've got two games, both on Sunday. Uh, the first one looks like it's uh, 3.05 Eastern time. we got uh, Jacksonville Jaguars on, obviously. I mean, all the teams are kind of on a roll here, but Jacksonville may be the most surprising of the bunch. Uh, they went in and beat the Steelers last week. They're heading to New England, and uh, they're, it looks like New England's laying – Nine at home with a total of 46.5. Yeah, my power rating here, New England 8.5 and, and Westgate open, New England minus 9, and really not a whole lot of movement here on this game. Uh, I haven't seen much. I, f- I see a few 8.5. One offshore, one in town here in Vegas, and then I f- see one in 9.5 at stations, and I see one at win. But So, yeah, I mean, 8.5, 9, 9.5, but I really don't see it moving. I mean, that's not a too big of a key number. Uh, if you listen to podcasts all this season, you think we've already touched on that a few times about how there's really not a whole lot of difference between eight and a half, nine, nine and a half. They're not meaningless, but a lot obviously less meaningful than uh, something from nine and a half to ten. So that's really the next key number, and that's where I'd be involved. I would uh, take Jacksonville plus ten if it gets there. I just don't think it's going to get there. I really don't think it has much shot of getting there. But if it did, I will probably take it out of principle uh, plus ten. But as for it is now and where I think it's going to be, I'm most likely it's not going to be involved in this game. Again, uh, just two games this weekend, so you really have to have a strong uh, an opinion. And at this point in the year, these, these numbers are so you know, hammered into place, and they got so much data, and so few games to do, and not much homework. So it's uh, you know pretty tough to find any angles for the most part, especially on the sides. Yeah, I wish I I just wish I trusted Bortles a little bit more, because uh, if I did, I just think the the Jacksonville defense is the typical defense that has been able to slow New England down a little bit. Get you know, get pressure on the quarterback with only four four linemen and be able to drop everybody else back and um yeah I I think the Jacksonville defense is a tad bit overrated but they're still obviously a, a pretty good unit and it's just a I think it's kind of a bad matchup for New England but that being said um when you're only talking about getting nine which obviously is quite a bit in a playoff game but it's like okay you got Bortles and Marone versus Brady and Belichick which I know obviously everyone. And the country is going to be thinking that. So as a result, that's why the number's up so high. Um, but it's just, it's kind of hard to pull the trigger, even though I, I definitely lean towards Jacksonville. And yeah, like you, 10 would probably be enough to do it, just because it just seems like uh, there's enough value there. That number's just, just up high enough where you're you're catching uh, enough to make it profitable. But uh, yeah, I don't know. If, 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 chat, if Portals was just like... A, I don't even know off the top of my head who's a mediocre quarterback that I kind of trust. I say everybody kind of fell in love with Jimmy G, so he doesn't really fit that category anymore. But um, even like, I don't know, even like a Dalton or something, (laughs) it's about as unsexy as it gets and just not that good. But at least I trust him to not totally implode. So I think as long as Boros doesn't totally implode here, they should be able to keep it within a score or right around this, at least have the back door open. But I don't even trust Bortles to come through the back door if they're down. 14 late so 
I'll most likely be staying away from this one. And uh, it's one of those things where last week I liked the over with Jacksonville, partially thinking their defense was a tad bit overrated. But I also thought that the Pittsburgh defense was way overrated, and they just haven't been the same since Shazier got hurt. So I don't really feel strongly about continuing that trend because New England's defense has been playing significantly better since their uh, since the beginning of the season, and I still don't think they've totally gotten the respect they deserve. So uh, if anything, I think I would slightly lean under in this game, figuring that Jacksonville is going to kind of take the air out of the ball a little bit and um, probably run the ball. Uh, quite a bit against New England and try to shorten the game a tad bit. So anything I lean under, but don't feel strongly, uh, probably enough to get involved from a monetary standpoint. That's a good point. I should mention that too. I was looking at the under as well. I think uh, if it gets to 47, I'll most likely be involved, but I, I see a little bit of actually Pinnacle just moved down to 46 here. And there's a few 47s that open, but they got, kind of got bought up and I don't really see them coming back. But if public does get involved in the over or something, I think I will probably be I don't know if I'll release it as a play necessarily. We'll have to wait and see what the market's like, but I'll definitely have a 47 in my pocket. That's a pretty key number at uh, for a total. I just don't see it getting in there. Uh, the other thing I want to mention too, just with the money line thing, uh, just in the numbers that I did conversion-wise from uh, nine-point spread, it says the money line should be about about 5.5 minus 5.45 or so on the favorite and about plus 3.95 on the underdog. And right now you look at the money line prices for these two teams. Jacksonville's about... I don't know, anywhere from 330 to 350. So, you know, three, three, three and a half to one or so. And then New England is about minus anywhere from 405 to minus 450. I see a 480 at MGM. But, so, I mean, just look at that. And like I said, 450 compared to what it should actually be about minus 550. So, it just goes right in line with the, the theory of what we said from last week or even last year about how people like taking that big uh, money line price there on the underdog or, or laying the points with the favor if they're going to bet it. So, uh, not necessarily saying that you should bet New England money line, but if you uh, did like that at all, that'd probably be where the value would be, if anywhere, if you're going to look and try to get the best money line you could on New England laying you know, four to one. Yeah, and it's I mean it kind of makes sense logically because you got all these people that probably backed Jacksonville last week against Pittsburgh, kept, you know, fetching a pretty pretty decent price when they're seven seven and a half point dogs, and of course they won, so now they're not necessarily going to roll their money over, but they're feeling confident and. Unless they take a shot on the money line again with them, so it kind of makes sense why you'd have more money line action on them than you would say a random, you know, Bears team or something in Week Four against the Vikings or some something along those lines. There's a little bit more faith in a team that's continuing to win here uh, in consecutive weeks, where they're going to kind of build up a following and people are going to start betting them on the money line. Uh, kind of on the same vein as that. Uh, I mean, how how big of a killing did the books make last week when? first game you had everybody loading up on Atlanta and then Philly winning outright and then that on Sunday morning you had everybody loading up on Pittsburgh money line parlays Pittsburgh teasers yeah uh, that, one, that one two punch yeah exactly just crazy so, I mean they just just made out like a bandit there and um you know they were rooting hard for Jacksonville and Jacksonville came through so it'll be interesting to see um with a little bit more I think Jacksonville support the market but then of course you got New England um, obviously, everyone loves them, but I know last week the books really didn't get hurt that much. I don't think with uh, New England covering because the, the the number was up high enough where they really didn't draw as much support as they were kind of anticipating. So it'll be interesting to see where the money comes this week. Um, I'd expect you know it's probably going to be a little bit of a sharp square divide, 
But uh, I think there's a little bit more squares than you might think on Jacksonville. Just, uh, you know, since they beat Pittsburgh and now they're catching nearly 10. But we'll have to see how it all plays out. I want to add, too, just real quick. I forgot to mention it when I'm talking about the total. But it seems to me like it's just it's a little inflated. And I think the reason why is just for, you see how Bortles was, looked pretty good. He didn't make any mistakes. He didn't throw any interceptions. And then how the defense had some holes. You know, they gave up some points and everything. And I think that's going to kind of regress back to the mean a little bit. I think the defense is going to kind of show up. I think their mindset going to this game, it just kind of had that feeling to me like, okay, we kind of got lucky there. We gave up a lot of points and we still snuck by here. So now we got to, not that you know, Brady will still get his points. Don't get me wrong. Their offense will be able to make up, but I don't think they're going to be putting up huge numbers by any means. Um, I, I think the Jacksonville offense is going to struggle again too. Uh, it's kind of how I look at this game. So like I said, I still think it'll be able to get their points on offense. The uh, Patriots will, but i like you said, the first start of this breakdown of this game, and just I don't know if you can trust Bortles. I really don't put much more any more stock into Bortles by any means after that last game is basically what I'm trying to say. And I think the defense of Jacksonville, I don't, I think they were definitely pretty highly valued and maybe over a little overvalued going to that game. And I think now it's like you know I still think they're a solid defense, you know, top one, two, three defense for sure. So I think that's still. But so I'm kind of I've mentioned a few times uh, throughout the podcast this year how uh, this year how often these Jacksonville totals just go down almost every time they'll be open 40 41 42 somewhere in there and they get bet down to you know high 30s so I'm kind of surprised at how high this total came in but you know kind of obviously you have the high-powered offense uh, for New England but we'll see I won't be surprised at all if this gets down a little bit more even by by kickoff uh, from 46 and a half yeah and uh, then on to the next game the afternoon we got the NFC championship 640 eastern time Got the Vikings off that uh, miracle comeback, uh, heading to Philadelphia. It looks like the Vikings are laying three with some juice on the road, a couple of three-and-a-halves with uh, juice to the dog, and a total of 38, 38-and-a-half. Yeah, power rating here, Minnesota 3. The Westgate Open, Minnesota 3, minus 120. And, yeah, I think they, one of the directors there said he moved it to three-and-a-half for a second, and that's what I'm seeing on my screen, too. I moved there for a few hours, and... Got quite a bit of Philadelphia money at three and a half, and moved right back to three one twenty. So um, that's where they're sitting now. So uh, yeah, I, I, there was a lot more three and a halfs that open, and those pretty much have all gotten bought up. Unless you want to either pay extra, you know, pay extra juice on Philadelphia to get that three and a half, the three with the hook. But I uh, yeah, just by my numbers, I, re- I really don't have an angle on this game, and then the total is pretty low. And I was hoping it'd come in a little bit higher. If, if it was in the forties, I would have bet it under. But obviously, sitting 38 and a half, 38, I, uh, I think it's about right. I don't know. I just don't really see this game. I, I'd probably even lean under a little bit, but that's just so, such a low total. Like we've already mentioned before in the podcast this year, it's just one little fluky thing, and that's going to, you know, you can put it over the 40. And even with Minnesota, I think they have potential on offense, but at the same time, they can also hit kind of a stalemate and not do much like they did at the end of the last game uh, until the last, obviously, the last uh, play, few plays there, last few minutes. But. Um, it's kind of a, you know, the roller coaster offense, but, um, yeah, I, I really don't have much in this game. Obviously I'd be super, uh, excited to see this game and hopefully we can, we can bring it home. But from a betting perspective, I, I just really don't have much on it at all. Yeah, this, it's kind of weird how it's obviously a little bit pricier than last week, but it's fairly similar to Atlanta at Philly. And obviously I'm sure, you know, Philly was upgraded a little bit. After their win last week, but it was, like we mentioned earlier, kind of an either-or game. So the fact that the Vikings are in the same price range as the Falcons here uh, seems 
a little crazy, even though it's you know, there's a little bit of extra juice. Um, but still, it just kind of seems. But at the same time, I also don't know if I really feel like laying three and extra juice on the road with when you'd think the Vikings would. Hopefully, you know they kind of going to ride the momentum a little bit, but. Um, it, it wouldn't be totally shock me if they kind of, you know, used up all their, their magic or, you know, put so much effort and energy into that game that, you know, they come out flat. And, um, no more you know, good IGL free has, card. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Keenum hasn't been nearly as good on the road, uh, this year. I, I don't have the exact splits, obviously, but, uh, I saw a couple different tweets, uh, last week just saying that once we won the game, uh, that. Basically, he's just been much better at home and indoors in his career. You know, he's a, from Texas and played college at Houston and and then was in uh, St. Louis in a dome and uh, Houston before coming to the Vikings. So he's not the most well-equipped to play in cold weather. It's not like he has a huge arm or anything. Um, and it just it scares me a little bit. But I do think that you could also make the case that, you know, the Vikings – kind of got scared there a little bit against a pretty quality Saints team. And now they're going on the full, uh, on the road to play Nick Foles, which is obviously a huge step down in class from Drew Brees. So maybe they got the scare they needed and they'll come out and play the whole game like they played the first half last week. And if that's the case, then you know, they should be able to cover that three fairly easily. So um, I, I, I could see this playing out pretty much, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of ways. Which obviously isn't uh, saying anything too profound, but uh, you know, use, sometimes you can say, "Okay, I can see you know this team winning an either or game, the other team winning either or game, or one team blowing them out." But uh, in this situation, I could kind of see basically any scenario happening. So I think it's pretty much a total stay away from the side. I think the number is probably right where it should be, and I don't think it's going to be moving much this week. So um, I don't think it's really a you shouldn't be in a rush to bet it either way, and um, if you if you like the Philly, there's you know some three and a halfs you can get if you want to pay a little bit of juice. Probably popping throughout the week and. There you go. And if you like the Vikes, um, you might be able to find a three at a flat one ten too. So just kind of sit there and price shop depending on what side you want. And uh, if, if the market does start to move for whatever reason, which I don't think it's going to, uh, they still should be able to to get it at some shop if you have a couple different outs. So. Um, yeah, as far as the total goes, I don't really know why I don't, I don't really have a reason for this, but it just kind of feels like an overspot. Um, really? That, yeah, yeah. I got I, the exact opposite so. feeling. So it's interesting. Yeah. Just the numbers here at 38 just kind of feels like it. I think, I think it's influenced heavily by that, uh, Atlanta Philly game last week, which was pretty cold, you know, somewhat windy weather. And now they're talking about this game being in the 40s or 50s, like the high 40s and 50s, and pretty much maybe a little bit drizzly, but you know maybe a little bit of purple rain there. But for the most <laughs> part, uh, they said it's going to be almost pristine weather conditions. And obviously, both the defenses are pretty good, you know, top five in the league. But at the same time, um, if either team gets down, they'll they'll open it up on offense and, and try to make something happen and. Both Foles or uh, Keenum are both capable of making big plays or making huge mistakes, as as we saw with Keenum, uh, you know, both both ways last week. So 
Yeah, I could very easily see it being kind of like you're talking about, an under-slugfest defensive battle, but with good weather conditions, if one team happens to get up, uh, I think, you know, the Vikings will abandon the run without a whole lot of, I mean, they basically abandoned the run last week when they were ahead. And then you got Philly, who, um, you know, Peterson's not my favorite coach, but he's definitely fairly aggressive. And, uh, you know, he, he, I could see him going forward and fourth downs here and there and, um, you know, doing some fairly high variance things that are good for the over. And then not that, um, not that it has happened often, but, you know, like the Vikings getting the punt block last week and um, Cheryl's almost breaking a punt return. It just seems like there's, uh, I don't know, a lot of potential for some random flukiness that almost all of it would result in, in higher scoring. And at this at this number, you just have one or two fluky things happen and the game gets over. So it just seems like, to me, it kind of sets up for an over. Um, but I, I don't I don't feel incredibly strongly to uh, necessarily be back on that with money, but that's definitely the way I would lean. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that plays out then if you're kind of leaning under and I'm kind of leaning over. So that'll that'll do it for uh, the two-game recap there. It was a pretty, pretty big card, but we made it through. So we can take a deep breath here. and a little exhale, um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot of work. But uh, anyway, we'll finish up the pod here with our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. Alrighty, so like I mentioned earlier in the opening segment, we both got our picks through last week. So that brings me to 11-7-1 on the year. Uh, pretty good rebound there after it was kind of the middle of year there for a little bit. You know, get back up four games above 500. Feels good. And I, uh, uh, you're I back got, to 8-10 and got, 10 on the year. I got you at 11-6-1. and one. Did you I miss, one, miss something? Oh, did I say 11-7-1? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I added one to both there. No, yeah, 11-6-1. Yeah, so... Five games above five hundred. Was that um, just your ploy, or oh yeah, one better than uh, what I said, or <laughs> no? Maybe uh, that's maybe a bad omen here for this week. Yeah. Maybe I'm already jumping ahead here. That's a Super Bowl prediction. Your, your eyes already predicting it. Yeah, and then you get to eight and ten on the year, so um, that's pretty good. I know. I think I said this the last couple of weeks because you've been on a roll here, but I remember at one point you were like two and eight or two and nine or something horrendous. So it's. Just about back to 500, so you know, kudos to you. But uh, even though you've been doing all right, I still got the T box. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like giving that back. Yeah, you, um, might have, you might have the T box, but I know there's not be a whole lot of golf in there in Minnesota after you're leaving that weather. Jesus. Yeah, a little chilly, but uh, you know, it's fun scrolling in the streets when there's a little snow out there, and you got uh, it gives you an excuse to stay inside and have a couple drinks. That's a good point. Um. You know what? I think I am going to. I kind of wanted to see if I could go to you into going head to head on that Philly Minnesota total, but no, I'm gonna stay away not and involve. Um, I think I'm going to take the under in the Jacksonville New England game. Looks like 46 and a half is the prevailing number, so I'm, I'm gonna take the under in that one. And try to uh, keep her going here. What about you? Where are you looking? Boy, you're ridiculous. Yeah, that's about uh, all I had. So I'll just have to play this one for you. That's uh, good pick. But thank uh, you. <laughs> um, I don't know. Can I? Uh, I don't know. If, I can't really dupe it up. I guess, but uh, that'd be the. That's about all I had. So I'm trying to. I guess I'll have to dig real deep into the barrel. You're not gonna tease the Vikings through zero and then tease New England down to three. <laughs> well, um, boy, that's just uh, pretty slim pickings. I don't know. It, uh, it's tough. I don't really. I'd have... say there's some Pro Bowl numbers popping. <laughs> yeah. 
I think, what, what is it, the NFC minus two and a half, three, or something like that? Yeah, I see a little three on the board. So, I mean, the AFC getting three? How can you turn that down? <laughs> yeah. Talk about sound logic. Um, boy, I, uh, that's tough. Really tough. Um, you know what? I know it's not, uh, I guess I, I have you ever teased the total down? Were they even allowed you to do that? Yeah, you can tease totals. Are no, you kidding I, me? No, I know you can do it, but like when it's that low at 38? Yeah. I mean, that just, uh, I mean, I, like I said, I kind of was hoping, I kind of wanted to bet the under going into the game, but I don't, I don't really bet teams total. I'm more, I'm just going to bet numbers. That's what I look at. So I was hoping it'd be, you know, 40 or above. I figured it'd come in 41, 42, but now that it's this low and if I can get another six points and bring it down to you know low thirties, it seems like that might be hard to knock it over, but you knock know, on wood. yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to have to get a little creative here since you took my play. I didn't, I thought you were going to go with that total in the, the Minnesota game. So. You know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go with that teaser. Uh, I'm going to tease New England down. <laughs> Sitting in that prime teaser spot. Um, I don't know. It looks like I can only get down to three, though. I don't think it's eight and a half widely available. So I'll have to get New England down to three, uh, minus three. And then I guess we'll get that total down to, what, 32 and a half in that yeah, Minnesota-Philly game. Sounds good. So I'm going to go over there. Not, I'm not going to take the under <laughs> minus six points. <laughs> so we'll uh, do. You're not doing a pleaser? <laughs> no, I'm not. Get that extra juice, but um, yeah. So sorry for the complication, but since uh, Frank's being a little a hole there, I'll have to uh, get creative. Like I said, so I guess uh, like we're doing teaser on the the total Minnesota Philly going over thirty two and a half, and then uh, the New England minus three uh, will be the second leg. Well, at least one of us has a little a hole, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alrighty, so that'll do her for the pod this week. Uh, hopefully, everyone, all the Vikings fans out there, that I know, a majority of people that listen to this probably are. Hopefully we've all calmed down and there wasn't any heart attacks and uh, we can keep her rolling here and, and, and keep this ship sailing and head to Valhalla back to the U.S. Bank Stadium here uh, next week. But we'll be back either way to uh, not next week. I don't think we're going to do a, a Pro Bowl pod unless we have to do an emergency one if you got any hot takes on her. But <laughs> Well, I guess you never know. I have to stay tuned. We'll have to wait for Twitter, I guess. <laughs> Hour and a half prop show, but no Pro Bowl props. Well, wherever you can find value. Um, so I will probably be back here, uh, not next week, but the week after doing a Super Bowl preview. And like I said, in the week last week too, uh, the mood of the pod will definitely be, uh, increased heavily and a lot less somber if uh, we can get the Vikings through and I'll do a, some prop breakdowns and, uh, obviously the game and, uh, do a couple ridiculous ones. Maybe we'll both pick like our top five or something like that. And then pick our funniest one or something like that, to lighten it up a little bit or maybe make a friendly wager on the coin toss or something ridiculous but uh, it should be a fun one and uh, so we'll be back in a couple weeks for that yeah, i don't Any, know if, uh, last words yeah i don't know if you see it there but it's starting to come down already i see a lot of uh, purple rain outside so <laughs> if uh maybe i'll have to get it going early to philadelphia making its way to, i think it would have frozen the way down here but i think it's making its way east so it should should probably arrive there by sunday afternoon yeah well we'll see yeah i sure hope Alrighty. so well, it uh, is good having you back. Glad you're back safe and sound there in Vegas and moving around uh, to all your different books and getting everything set up here for the championship games. And yeah, and I think I'll we'll, uh, uh, probably gonna book a ticket and come back to, to the old Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. Seem it's looking like so. All right, uh, that sounds good. It'll be a good time and best of luck everybody on their wagers and Skull Vikings. And we'll talk to you here in a couple weeks. 
Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.